Welcome to number nine of the International Running Enthusiast. Today with Isaiah Kaskay, a sport massage therapist in Eton in Kenya. Welcome, Isaiah. Thank you so much, uh, Sophie. So in my podcast, I always provide a short running update from my side. Last week, I did a long run, which uh, which was a little bit too difficult, I think. So this week, I want to focus on recovering and doing some runs just for fun. And I'm still in Kenya until next Friday, but tomorrow I'll go to Nairobi to a conference. And yeah, I'll see how much I can run there, but I won't schedule any any hard trainings anymore. So that's it for, for my running update. So as an intro, I always have a short questionnaire, actually. So Isaiah, what's your name and how old are you? Uh, my name is Isaiah Koske. I'm 44 years. How do we know each other? We knew each other through my daily uh, duty of uh, massage therapy and uh, you are staying at the camp of Lona and somebody gave you a shout that <laughs> he is a good guy who gives yes. good massage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is very true. Okay, and our interview is in English today. How come you speak English? Actually, in Kenya, uh, English is a national uh, language mm -hmm. and uh, we do learn English in school, primary school, secondary school, and uh, that's why we speak uh, English in as a communication out out the door, yeah. Okay, okay. But you also speak a little bit of Dutch, right? A, li a little bit. I speak uh, a little bit uh, Dutch, that klein beetje. Okay. Yeah, not really uh, good, but okay. yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you prefer doing the interview in English? English. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and now we come to your running background. Why do you run? I did running uh, because, one, I love running. Two, it came to my mind like I can earn living through running. And uh, finally, I got myself being good in running and I did running as a professional for quite a long time. And what are your favorite distances in running? I did running during my like, high time or high season of professional work. Uh, running in 10 kilometers, I have uh, 28. Half marathon, I have 62. And... Uh, Marathon, I have 2.12. But I like doing now marathons compared to the rest because marathons, you can correct a mistake and still do it. Yeah, actually, that's also what I thought in the beginning. When like in a 10K race, when you screw up one kilometer, it's gone. done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and what is your next goal in running? Actually, my next goal in running now is just to do running for the sake of charity. I've been doing it for now three years, mm -hmm. doing marathons to raise funds to support young children in my village to get education. For the main interview, maybe you can shortly provide an, a background info of how you started running, where running took you so far, and about your bio, sort of. So just, I don't know, tell us a little bit about your story. <laughs> uh, actually, the reason of, uh, or the reason of coming to this point now is that When I was running, I came to realize that running will come to an end and uh, I need to change the uh, profession and uh, I didn't want to go away from sports. Mm -hmm. So as actually you know that in Kenya, you need to be one of the best mm -hmm. to get to be entered into a race in Europe. Mm -hmm. You need to be like running under 210 mm -hmm. or to even 25 mm -hmm. to get good races mm -hmm. and to get money. 
But because I was hanging in between 12 of 13, 212 of 213, 214, it was no business in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, what to do in future? And uh, already I already saw age coming. Yeah. So I was like, I won't uh, stay away from run uh, sports. Yeah. I just want to be around sports. So I chose to be a sports uh, massage therapy mm -hmm. because I wanted to stay next to sport. Mm -hmm. Two, I wanted to give out back uh, my hands to athletes because the challenges that I, I went through during my running are still there within the athletes. And I went through a lot of injuries during my time. Yeah. So I was like, I need to get the knowledge on how to eradicate this. And I was forced, like, I need to study what to do and give back the hands to, to the athletes, yeah. especially the juniors, to stay away from injuries that can be avoided. Yeah. So that was the second thing. And um, apart from that, was like, I liked it. It was just passion, like, I need to, to do it. Yeah. But you also worked as a pacer, right? Or was it before? I used to work as a pacer during my professional running. If I get a contract with an athlete that needs to get a pacing, then I can I could do both men and, and, and female. Yeah. And that's why I landed by uh, pacing for Lona mm -hmm. Kiblagat. We used to train here in Kenya. We train in Portugal and also pacing uh, for her in, yeah. in, in, in Netherlands. And that's how you learned a little bit of Dutch. And that's where I got to learn more about uh, Dutch. Yeah. And uh, I stayed with a friend also in uh, Amsterdam. I like being in, in, in Netherlands because it was almost my second home. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good. <laughs> Good. And then how did you decide to, to go back to school and learn again about sport massage therapy and athletic coaching? Actually, uh, in life, life is not about only earning money. Mm -hmm. Life is about the knowledge. When you have knowledge, you can you can live better than earning a lot in Kenya. Because actually I could have money, but without the knowledge of how to manage it, it was not easy. So I was like, I need to go back to school to study. And then finally focus on the sport uh, massage therapy. The only way I could do the sport massage therapy is to get the knowledge, the basic knowledge of human anatomy, how to handle uh, the human body, learning more about the muscles, learning more about the joints, learning more about the physical body of the human. And now that you have that, don't you, would that have helped you in your active career? If Actually, uh, going back to school and studying more about uh, sport massage therapy and this physical, uh, physical therapy work, it has changed a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. One, I feel great when an athlete comes to my clinic and they get treatment and finally leaves when he or she is happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best thing that I normally like is to get the feedback mm -hmm. from an athlete. Like, I feel better today than yesterday. And uh, it m makes me happy to see the running going. Yeah, It's so painful to see an athlete in an injury or limping or feeling pain. And he or she is preparing for a major race. So I normally give even charity work like voluntary. Like come in and I just try yeah. to fix using my knowledge, the basic knowledge that I have. And finally, when he or she feels better, I'm so happy and yeah. glad he's yeah. on. No, but I meant rather, don't you regret that in your active career, when you say you had many injuries, injuries would it have helped you a lot, having that knowledge that you then gained later in, in your earlier years? Yeah, that's a good question, Sophie. Actually, I was like trying to regret 
to why I didn't get the knowledge or the basic on how to eradicate these kind of injuries. But actually, learning is a process. I don't want to regret because I could not do anything better for myself rather than doing better to somebody else. So I prefer even giving out to people than what I got because I do learn from experiences. All the injuries that I had in the past were not even that complicated, but it was just the knowledge that, the basic knowledge of how to eradicate it that I did not have it. Yeah. And uh, I regret because a lot of athletes stayed, stepped out of running because of injuries that could be treated. Mm-hmm. And just because there was less, less people or nobody who had the knowledge of how to eradicate it, then they had to step out of running. And talking about those injuries, what are like the most common mistakes that you see or the most common injuries that come from these mistakes? The common injuries that comes around or that I see uh, basically here are Achilles tendon problems, mm-hmm. like armstring challenges, like glute or uh, periforming injuries. Actually, most of them, most of them are caused by weakness of the glutes like less glute activations, less strength within the glutes, also caused by not fit footwear, Mm -hmm. like the shoes. Also, another basic or common uh, injury around here is ankle, uh, like mild dislocations from, Mm -hmm. and it's basically caused by uh, uneven roads, uneven training Mm -hmm. trails in Kenya, because we have uneven causes, like with stones and all that. So it causes a lot of challenges within the ankles. You often say that to become a good runner, it takes more than just the running practice. What do you mean by that? I normally say to become a good runner, it takes not only going out to run. There's a package of some stuff that uh, somebody needs to have. One is a nice uh, training program. Two is to be ready for it Mm -hmm. or determined to do it. Three is taking it as an investment, like you really give out yourself for it. Another thing is that running smart, running smart, not even necessarily like you need to do it hard, but running smart, listening to your body, following and respecting the program. Another thing is about your nutrition. Nutrition way also matters a lot in making somebody become successful. Another thing is don't forget about the hydration. Somebody staying hydrated all the time. Another thing that combines in is stretching and exercising. And apart from all that, also strength uh, training. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you advise athletes mostly on strength exercise and stretching exercises. Do you have any tips on each of those, what every runner should do or which help? basically most of the runners, to prevent injuries or get a better running posture? How I normally do or why I normally do basically like talking to athletes much about strength running, strength training. When somebody comes in, I assess assess the injury or assess the challenge. After assessing the challenge, all the time coming across different challenges, different weakness, mm-hmm. different um, from athlete to athlete. And that's the point whereby I advise somebody to do this and this because I normally base on which muscles am I dealing from him. So we focus on that muscle. If it's a weakness, mass weakness on a muscle, then I advise him or her 
on exactly how to strengthen that muscle, mm-hmm. specific muscles. Basically, when they are out of injury, then we combine general strength training, mm-hmm. especially the core core stabilities or the core muscles, mm-hmm. and also doing the glute activations. Because when an athlete have really nice core muscles, really strong, and also the glute are really strong, then it avoids a lot of injuries. And how about this this idea that if you train one side, you also have to sort of activate the other side? I don't really know if there's a oh, if there if that theory has a, has a name. Yeah, uh, actually, we normally or I normally advise people when you are strengthening maybe the left leg, maybe the left armstring or the left calf have a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I normally tell somebody to. To, to train only to, to train the strength of the of, of the, the right one, but please don't only focus on the right one, but also a strength also the left one mm-hmm. to avoid compensation. When one one of the leg gets an injury, already there is compensation from the other side, so the other side work too much compared to the other one. We need to train both of them to avoid compensation, mm-hmm. and uh, if there is overcompensation, there is imbalance of of human air like mm-hmm. an athlete gets problems with imbalance with the legs and to your therapy here there are kenyan runners coming and western runners coming do you see any difference in how they approach their training or in how they try to prevent or how they treat injuries here in ken here in my clinic i interact with global athletes international and local athletes either the top professionals, amateurs, and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've come to realize that in my own statistics and in my own uh, observation is that most of our local athletes don't do a lot of stretching and strength training. They believe in running alone. They believe in hard training, of which sometimes get overuse injury. Compared to the European athletes, most of them, they do an inclusive training inclusive inclusive training uh, like inclusive. yeah like a complete kind of training mm-hmm. like they do running they do stretch they do strength stuff also mm-hmm. they do believe like all sets work it's only that the few tips of like doing it hard is not just within 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 them pushing themselves more than uh, than, than than the normal but the difference is only that some people believe in only running mm-hmm. and others believe in, in inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say the inclusive approach makes more sense. I think the best is inclusive one makes the nice approach because we need all these to have a successful running. So soon you will continue your studies in physiotherapy and dynamic uh, movement skills in the UK. What do you expect from that? Actually, I'm looking forward to go and still finish my dynamic movement skill running and uh, this one will help me a lot in putting into practical in my clinic to make sure that the athletes who comes in have a nice running techniques Mm -hmm. nice running postures by doing so they avoid staying away from injuries they avoid using a lot of energy also they make them at least faster than the way the normal one so we need to train them to have a correct running postures, running techniques to bring all these together. And it saves an athlete. The most important within my clinic is to make him stay away from injury because I don't 
like to see him coming in, in and complaining with injury. Yeah. So I need to show him a correct way of landing mm -hmm. and taking off. And since you train here in Eton since many years, what would you say? Eton is sort of considered as the uh, paradise for runners or many people come here to, yeah, to develop themselves as an athlete. But what would you say are the points that can still be improved here to make Eton a better environment to become a better runner? Actually, Eton is a paradise. Eten is the route of running. Eten is a nice place to run. One is the altitude is so nice, 2,400 meters above the sea level. Uh, nice trails, natural food available here, good environment to stay, security really good. All things that you need, really need to make you better mm -hmm. are, are available here. I rather say we have only two things that we really need to make Eten better. One is we really need training facility like the truck mm -hmm. we need the local trucks uh, for training and close by that's the, that's the, be the big challenge around at the moment we need to have more facilities for people to to, to, to stay mm -hmm. because we are expecting the whole world to open their doors and come in mm -hmm. and Eten is really open that's the welcoming everybody to come in mm -hmm. so we need more facilities that athletes can okay. stay. And you mentioned to me before that you now run marathons mostly for charity. Maybe can you explain what you mean by that? Actually, as I said in the past, that I started running when I failed to join secondary school. And after running long or many years in Europe, mostly even in Netherlands, I did that without secondary school education. And after sometimes uh, uh, by 2012, I decided to join secondary school. And the reason why I didn't join secondary school when I was young is that my parents could not afford to get me to secondary school. But um, when I changed, like changed the profession to be a physiotherapy and still keeping running for, for, for still keeping active running, mm -hmm. I decided that the best thing to give back to athletes is to join physiotherapy. The best way of giving back to the society, where I'm, the, the, the local where I come from, is supporting young children to get to school. Mm -hmm. So there was no way I could convince friends to support children in my village apart from taking marathon to be a challenge mm -hmm. and raise funds to support a child mm -hmm. in my society. I'm really happy that it works when I scout a child in my village and I shout to friends that, hey guys, here is a child who need to be supported to get into school. Maybe he or she doesn't have parents. Mm -hmm. Maybe she or he comes from a really poor family and he is clever, he can, he can do it, but he doesn't get the funds. So I cannot do all these alone. I use the marathon to convince people to join me, support this kid and have a future. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that as we speak now, 21 children from my village have gotten a direct sponsorship from a parent from UK, from, from Switzerland, and some from France. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that people are willing to support a child in Africa. Yeah. People are wishing to support a child in Kenya and in my village through the trust of me that mm -hmm. the funds that we give out goes direct to a child in yes. a village.
So how does it work practically? You sign up for a mar or you you're invited for a marathon and then you say I'm going to run it for charity and you publish that on Facebook or so and everyone can sort of support your marathon financially and that money then goes to the child that you scouted for beforehand. Yeah. Uh, because now I cannot run like to win money and if at all I win money I normally get out some percentage of my winning to the child to the child mm -hmm. I normally like sign up into a marathon I pay my own ticket or pay my own ticket I get accommodation everything mm -hmm. arrange by myself and finally I just post it in, a, in I make a, a giving page to collect some 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 funds and I post it in a, in a Facebook and I share with friends share with friends and people donate Uh, to a child or finally I sometimes get a direct sponsor like hey give me that child I will sponsor mm -hmm. and uh, just finish a marathon as a commitment yeah. that you are really fighting for the child and as soon as I finish the marathon somebody's like yes I will sponsor this kid from this point to this point okay and yeah. how many marathons have you run for charity actually at the moment now I've run five marathons for the charity okay yeah And looking back now at your different professions, like running as a profession, then sport massage therapist as a profession, and sort of charity as a profession, what what sort of lessons did you did you learn from these different professions? Which is your favorite? <laughs> I could wish I had the idea before when I was really professional. Which idea? The idea of charity when I was profession when I was mm -hmm. really professional. And uh, I don't regret a lot because it was only challenge because I had no I had no basic education like mm -hmm. getting education when I was young. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy now these charity runs because I feel like sharing or doing something for the sake of me and for the sake of somebody mm -hmm. is really important in life because after the marathon I really feel good when somebody when a child get sponsored mm -hmm. and get a future and already I have enjoyed my marathon my, 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 my family is happy so I'm really happy to do a marathon to give a chance to somebody okay yeah okay thank you that leads me to any links that you want to share maybe your Facebook name or anything else one I would like to invite anybody to like uh, my eaten Uh, fit, uh, fitness and sport massage therapy mm -hmm. clinic also follow me on my my, my marathon running mm -hmm. by requesting me to accept in facebook and all mm -hmm. that and i will i will do so okay yeah. i will put your name uh, your facebook name in the show notes of the, this podcast yeah. and how do people if they come to train and eat and find your clinic when anybody who is interested to see me in my clinic when he's in kenya Just when he arrives to Kenya, when he's staying at a uh, high altitude training center, he just find an arch, welcome okay. to Eton, home of champions, okay. and take 150 meters on your way to Kerio View, mm -hmm. and you will find a very nice hut, okay. a big hut, and uh, that's where I'm situated. 
Okay, okay. But there's no website or number or way to contact you. In soon, soon before the end of this month, I will have my uh, uh, website uh, page. Ah, and I will send to you Sophie mm -hmm. and you will uh, I'll put it in I'll you put it in. Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, that leads me to the outlook to the next episode. So actually tomorrow I'm leaving here in E ten, so this was my last episode here from E ten. Yeah, I don't I don't know yet who I'm gonna interview next, but my plan is not to interview again in English. I think I did enough episodes now in English. <laughs> and Yeah, it was a really interesting time here. I recorded many interesting episodes. So thank you, Isaiah, and bye-bye from both of us. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Sophie, for visiting Eten, visiting my Eten Sport Fitness and Massage Therapy Clinic. And uh, you are most welcome again when wherever you are in Kenya. <laughs> Feel welcome, and uh, I wish you well in your running. Enjoy your running, and bye-bye. Uh, nice <laughs> flight back home. Thank you so much. Thank you. 